You're listening to Irish Radio Canada's Home and Abroad and we're at Folk Alliance New Orleans where uh, Ireland and Canada and other countries but Ireland and Canada are certainly showcasing their artists to the industry where it gives the artists the opportunity to meet up with uh, booking agents or music directors from festivals and a variety of other things and expose their music uh, to try to attract a wider audience and Jimmy Rankin is here with me. Jimmy has been um, a mainstay of music in Canadian and Celtic cultural aspects for many years. Jimmy, thanks for coming back. Nice to be here. Good to talk to you in New Orleans. Yeah. <laughs> the weather is mild here. Yeah. And uh, compared to Nova Scotia, <laughs> so it's nice to be here. Oh yeah. Well, you're not in the windy season here. No. At this time it's of year. It's been 17 years since I've been here last. Yes. Yeah, long time since I was here too. Uh, anyway, good. We're well, so, good to be here. So, um, you're at Folk Alliance. Uh, you weren't in Montreal last year it's been, uh, have you been I know I was in Montreal last year yeah I hadn't been to Folk Alliance since uh, Memphis okay since I was in Memphis and that was a number of years ago so we went to Montreal last year and uh, we sort of impromptu and I said okay I'm going to come I'll right. go to, uh, right. so to, uh, I'll, I'll go to uh, uh, New Orleans right Good. so in talking with a variety of the artists I know this is a wonderful showcase for established and new artists coming up you would be well established at this stage so um, when you come here it's obviously a different experience what would you be hoping to come away from here with places I would like to get to play in right. Canada. I'm still trying to get to all the corners of Canada. Right. And, uh, of course, here I come here and I play and it's like if there are people interested and they want to take you to their festivals, and yeah. that's fine with me because I, I love playing music. Right, right. And I love getting my music out to people. I still enjoy doing music after all these years. I've been doing this professionally since for 30 years. Right. So I'm... I'm I'm still trying to reach people, and, and of uh, course, so that's why I'm here. And and the world is ne you'll never reach the world, so there's always new. Yeah, yeah and that's the way it goes. So yeah. you, you just keep playing. So how long are you on your own at this stage? Uh, since 2001, I released my first solo. Yeah, about 20, about 20 years, I think. Yeah. yeah, and in comparison from the time when it was the family and you're on your own, a diff totally different experience also. We started making uh, records in 1989. Yeah. Of course, uh, with my siblings, we I played in the Rankin Band yeah. from the time I was 12 years old. Yeah. And uh, so it does. It's it's a long darn time, right? But but uh, yeah, a long time. Yeah, it's good. But uh, but 30 years, a, a bit over 30 years since I started making records. Your music has evolved. Yeah. Yes, it has. So, as a a, a songwriter, life experience in itself is enough to change how you approach something, but. What have you been influenced by, would you say, in the last 10, 15 years? Oh, you're influenced as, as a writer and artist by everything. This last record I did, which is called Moving East, I moved back from Nashville after being there for seven and a half years. Right. And I came back to Nova Scotia and I wanted to make a record that was reflective of where I'm coming. I was raised and born and grew up and, uh, and the things that inspired me, the stories and the music. So I made a record called 
all uh, moving east and uh, and uh, so it's it's a record that's uh, it's, it's a storytelling folk rock record and I have you know a lot of traditional instruments on there right. you know bazookas and mandolins and guitars and, and uh, fiddles and all that stuff so I'm always influenced by everything that I uh, in, uh, you know experience in life I keep my ears and eyes open so did you find it much of a transition moving from Nova Scotia to Nashville and then moving back uh, no so no, I was not a culture shock. I'm a world traveler. I've been traveling all over the world since I've been since I was a kid, and uh, and I've been going to Nashville since the mid 1990s to make records and write songs. So going there. To live, though, to, well, to live is, is different. Though. It is. You're right. You go to a different place. You're from Ireland. So yeah. You came in, even though you, you know. And, and you always have a foot in two camps. Yeah, and my foot, my main foot was always in Canada. Yes, <laughs> and that's what I mean. Yeah. So for you to, to go from Nova Scotia to Nashville is like emigrating. And, it and, is, and, yeah. And then, true enough, I, I agree with you. And one of the things that's always a challenge to say about immigrants is when you go back home, you're not the same person you were when you left. And things have changed or you have well that's, a, that's called growth I agree but you grow at different paces yeah but I'm I'm from uh, I'm a Cape Bretoner you're Irish you know the drill right and uh, you, you never forget where you come well, no, from or your no, roots you don't. you don't and uh, also like I said you know I've been traveling I've, I've traveled all my life all over yeah. the world and uh, but my roots are East Coast Canada, yeah, and uh, that's where I want my kids to be from. Right. I, I, and when we lived in Nashville seven and a half years, every summer we'd go back, every Christmas. And uh, but it, it is tough when you move to a different place. You know, yeah. you have to you try fit in and yeah. like understand people. And, and it's difficult when you have kids because yeah. you're very conscious of their affinity and their friends and everything else and well the thing the great thing about kids is that you become friends with their uh, friends parents right at the schools they go to yeah so I think that's the uh, positive thing about having children when you move someplace because you end up you know congregating with the people uh, the parents of the children that your children hang out with I know when we came to Canada first uh, we had stayed in an apartment before we bought our first house and the kids told us that if we moved again uh, they weren't moving yeah I understand that because they they make friends and they yeah. don't want to move and, it's, yeah. and uh, I felt badly for moving them from Canada when they were maybe four and five right you now uh, you're up ruining your children but yeah makes them stronger uh, yeah yeah so the music scene down Cape Breton is as vibrant and as strong as ever stronger yeah. it is yeah when I was a kid growing up there there was a lot of it was uh, very strong uh, Cape Breton Celtic fiddle music yes and uh, in the 70s they thought it was dying out okay and 
now we know that it's stronger than, you know, that there are kids play. I don't know half of them, the kids that are playing Celtic fiddle or Cape Breton fiddle. And, and not just fiddle, but singing and playing and writing songs and all that. So there's something in in that region in the East Coast and in Cape Breton that uh, it just it, it breeds uh, culture and music and art. I think it's some of it that it is not a city or too close to a city. Perhaps, yes. Because people interact better in a more rural environment. Yeah. Direct, honest yeah. way. So things like sharing culture and, and music is a more part of daily life. Whereas you get into a city, it's too structured. Yeah, everything is structured. Going to play is structured. Going to play hockey is structured. Going for a swim Well, structured. it's even more structured now in rural areas with the internet because it used to be somewhat isolated and people were had to rely on themselves to entertain themselves yes. and this is not just Cape Breton but this is any place you know yeah. the yeah. prairies or any rural environment or anywhere really yeah. Uh, so now everybody's just plugged in with the internet and you know anything that's going on any given minute of the day. But uh, I still think that uh, connecting with people through conversation and stories and history is extremely important. And I try to impart that upon my children. You know, I tell them stories about our my the way I grew up and my parents and all of that. And you mentioned the internet, and that's very much a part of the music industry now. Very much a, a, a part that you must rely on in order to yeah. get your message out there. And that has changed the total dynamics of how you sell yourself. Well, first of all, it killed the music industry that I knew. Yes. Because uh, people can get music and film and anything uh, for free now. Yes. So we have to work harder. Yeah. And it's very, it's a lot more difficult for artists starting out, even though you can get your music out very easily. Yeah. But the airwaves are jammed, as Leonard Cohen said. So there's so much information and so much music out there. You have to find your niche. Yes. And focus on that. So um, it's been a sort of a double-edged sword, I think. And in having to rely on this, uh, so a conference something like this then is, is, is very much something that I guess is needed to support what you do on the internet so as that you can now get yourself in front of an audience. And at the end of the day, being able to get in front of an audience is what music is about. Yeah, it's about entertaining, really, yeah. for me. That's the way I grew up. Yeah. So, would you see then that some part of that change has also meant that smaller venues uh, and even house concerts would now be something that is um, more the norm and than, than what would have been the big venues previously? Or can you still see that there's uh, people are willing to come out to the big venues and pay the price. Well, the thing is, is that the change in uh, in the industry is that everybody has to play live more so now. So even the you know the top echelon acts 
they're out playing everywhere. Right. There's a market for them. So there's only so much disposable income for people. When they, if they have to pay two hundred dollars to see some, you know, mainstream, high-end act, right? You know, will they go see somebody for thirty or twenty-five dollars? Sure. You know, yeah. on a Wednesday night in your hometown, yeah. they'll think twice about it. Yeah. So, yeah. so they they let us work, and is the one that you've done since you come back from national? Yeah, that's the uh, the record now. It's called Moving East, right? And it was a record that uh, I wanted to make for a long time, and I I move like a snail when it comes to making. I'm, I'm about quality, not quantity. <laughs> but uh, I made this record with Joel Plaskett and Dartmouth, and it was a, a, a moving back home record. Yeah. And I was thinking about where I came from musically, and and just thinking about my neck of the woods where I grew up, and the stories and things that inspired and influenced me. And it was probably one of the most fun records I've ever made. And uh, I'm just uh, loving playing the songs from it and telling people the stories behind those right. songs. And I guess because there, there's a richness in the stories, that when you get to perform them live as well, you will get a connection from the audience. Because um, I'm sure when you when you get up on, and the, the Cape Bretoners in the crowd are definitely going to relate to everything you have to say. Yeah, definitely true. Because I, I take you know that music across Canada, yeah. and I get people responding to that. But you know, I, I did a showcase here earlier, and I was just telling people tidbits about the different songs and yeah. that part of the world where I come from, and and I had people coming up to me after my uh, showcase, and they were just uh, thanking me for. And, and telling me that you know the songs mean more with the story behind them. Of course, yes. Of and course. of course, those songs have they're three and a half minute, two, three, two and a half, three minute songs. Yeah. But the story behind them is lifelong. Yes. You know? Yes. And, and you're well aware of that you're yeah. Irish uh, lineage, so <laughs> you know all about storytelling. Two and a half to three minutes to perform. <laughs> two and a half, two and a half to three centuries. Oh, uh, exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, we've got three centuries. centuries but the talent comes from being able to compress it into two and a half minutes. Well, it's one thing to compress it into two and a half minutes, but it's also the talent is actually to convey the emotion. Deliver it, yeah, with emotion, yeah. Yeah, because someone else can get up and they can deliver it, and it's a, a flat. It's just a flat pancake. Well, that's a good storyteller for you. Yeah, it <laughs> you is. You know, when you can deliver it and tell it, is, it, it is with the, interest, yeah. Yeah, no, it's not, but it's with it because it's hard, and you want it. Yeah, exactly. And, and you know, when you own you it. You own it also if you really own it, if you know it, you know. Well, if, if you, you yeah, if it, yeah, that's <laughs> what I mean, you own it. You own yeah, exactly. it. No, because you have written your music, um, do you feel raw when you present it at any stage? Particularly, I would have to say, if you do it in Cape Breton. So if you get up in Cape Breton and you're presenting your work, does it make you, are you, do you feel any way exposed? Yeah, sometimes. Uh, I do. I think I've been around long enough that when I do deliver music in my hometown or whatever, I think uh, I'm not so exposed anymore or okay. uh, vulnerable. I think right. is what you're trying to say. Yes. Uh, and but 
there is a thing when you release a record and you're right out of the gate and, and I'm always that way with when I make a new record and then you're it's like delivering a baby to the yes. world and you feel kind of vulnerable you know you're yeah, very no, protected no one so you want yeah. no yours is not the ugly baby yeah well also it's your your uh, you know your reality it's your soul your, your soul and your yeah. reality is you're exposing to the world and most people don't have to do that so yeah. as an artist you have to do that so so usually when you deliver it it's, it's a little bit of uh, it's a bit of it's a moment of truth and vulnerability so, and uh, but then as, as you get out there and you tour it and you start talking about it and my experience has been that people if you're honest with people and that's a hard thing in this day and age because there's so much lying happening. Uh, but people respond to it with, with you know, if you if you have integrity with people, people appreciate it, and that's I think where I'm coming from. Yeah, and I suppose when I ask that, at question, least I try to. No, when when I ask the question, I'm kind of thinking in terms of the first time that you deliver, when you get up after you, yeah, you know, that's and then you, your vulnerability gets shielded in a way because you get the feedback that exactly, reassures yeah. you. But the first time you, you, yeah, when you throw a song out there and you're like, oh, how are people going? going to respond and it's something that's very close to you but yes but like I've been doing it for a long time and, and uh, sometimes you just have to say you know I or you have to appear to say I don't give a crap so yes anyway yeah you can't please everyone I'm going to continue doing that it's so, so when you say you're going to continue doing that what plans lie ahead this year um, what's your, I'm going to release uh, I think I'm going to release like a retrospective record of this song from over the years where I don't like to say greatest hits but uh, I'd like to tour a record of songs because I have 30 years of yeah. songs going back with the Rankins and my yeah. solo career yeah. and I just look kind of meaningful memories yeah and um, still formulate formulate meaningful memories for you. What was the other one that you said earlier? Yeah. A bar with no beer. Oh, that's good. A pub with no beer. <laughs> that's a good that's taken. That's taken. <laughs> Who took it? Oh, you know, you don't know the sound of the pub with no beer. It's coming back to me. Okay, but anyway, no. But it sounds way, like a Harry Hibbs uh, song. No, no, it's it's an Irish one. Okay, uh, but <laughs> we can talk about that out. But no, you could like in a way you're talking about meaningful memories. Yeah, I'd like to put together a package. Maybe it's uh, my solo music or going back 10 years farther back with the rank and stuff. But I have a lot of songs and yeah. records, so I'd like to release something and uh, tour it right. and then uh, maybe add something to it. And uh, what about live gigs coming up over the, the next number of months? Uh, I have a bit of time off. I was working, working pretty steady up until Christmas just this now and then I'm going to go home to Halifax and clean my basement okay. and uh, that's, a, that's a weekend job isn't it? <laughs> weekend no <laughs> you haven't seen my basement <laughs> and uh, I'm going to start I usually when I'm when I'm I have downtime I think about uh, going forward right. and new songs and I'm, I always have like uh, a whole 
you know, sketchbook of song ideas, and uh, I'm always working on stuff in my head and thinking about things, and then I'll start formulating a project and put it together, and so I'm thinking about this compilation uh, of backtracks, and then I'm also thinking about another record. Yeah, right. Like I said, I move like a snail, but uh, yeah, it's worth it. Yeah, man. In the long run. But <laughs> if anybody wants to find you out there, the website? Oh, jimmyrankin.com. You can find me easily on the internet. And then Facebook as well. The same. Yeah, Facebook. Twitter, Instagram. Yeah, all of that stuff. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. Well, Jimmy, I want to thank you for taking the time. It's been great having a chat with you. Yeah, Please you too. Thanks a million. Yeah, thanks to you.